The Behind the Wall podcast is presented by Dano Seasoning. Great cooks use real spices, and that's exactly what you'll get when you use Dano's. It's the best Dan seasoning on the market. Taste and see why we say you don't know till you Dano. Get some today at danoseasoning.com and use our code Behind the Wall at checkout. The most exciting sport in the world. NASCAR. NASCAR. It's not an opinion. It's fact. And we're fanatics. This is the Behind the Wall podcast. Brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. If it's race recaps, previews, driver news, results, schedules, and anything else NASCAR, we are your premier podcast. Flying by the seat of our pants. The Behind the Wall podcast with your host, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. We're back. We're live. It's Behind the Wall podcast. Missed last week. Well, technically, we didn't actually miss last week. Uh, I went to go edit the audio from the show and Josh's audio for some reason messed up to where it's just giving me like little so at that point it's either re-record it or just not post a podcast and it just you know we it was a good show so we didn't want to try to recreate it so here we are this week I'm glad we're right we're rocking because I am down bad today boys I need I need I need a pick-me-up let's hear it why are you down bad today Man, so okay, you guys, you guys know I like my TV. You know I like to play my Xbox. So last fall I was playing Warzone, and all of a sudden my TV shut off. So I'm like, okay, well it must have come unplugged or something must have happened. And so I tried to troubleshoot it, unplugged my TV, plugged it back in. I'm like, crap. All right, maybe the surge protector's bad. We're just like the socket. So I switched the sockets. Still nothing. I'm like, crap. So I pulled it out plugged it in straight into the wall still nothing i'm like well this sucks uh, i guess i blew a fuse or something so ended up getting another tv and just had dual tvs on my nightstand uh just got back from alabama last week though and there are no places to repair a tv in alabama or birmingham which was surprising but we i got back from alabama and took the tv to the to some repair place in richmond uh, when I was loaded into my car, I, I noticed that there's a scratch on the screen from when it got moved up because it was it was in the back of a U-Haul without a box. It was laying face down on a mattress. So, you know, usually you think, okay, that's, that's probably good. So, take it to the place. Fast forward five days, get a call today. And they're like, all right, well, we found the fix. It was the fuse. So, we put temporary power in there to see if it would work. But we noticed that the whole left side of the screen was cracked. and yeah, you can't you can't replace those things. So I basically had to take a long drive out to the repair shop. It was I was very sad because I was gonna once I got the TV fixed, it was gonna be perfect for my house. So loaded back up in my car, the things just shot. It was it was nasty. Showed Jay a picture and he was like, "Man, this this is crazy." But uh, 
had to take it out to a dumpster and throw it away. And that was probably the hardest thing I've had to do in a while. I hate I hate throwing crap away, especially TVs. Yeah, I had to uh, – I, I, my first, like, big purchase when I was in, like, sixth or seventh grade, I had, like, an iPad and just, like, as Apple products do, especially, like, over time, they just, like, get very slow and think it's on purpose. But uh, it sucked having to throw that away, even though, like, it wasn't, like, a TV or something big. It sucked, like, just, like – throwing at the time like 200 300 bucks worth of something out the window but the tv i i race on like it has this like flicker sometimes like right in the middle there's like this line that goes through it and i'm terrified like one of these days i'm going to be like leading a race in the middle of it screen's going to go black it's going to pull a denny hamlin and i i, I don't know what i'm going to do it's, like, it's it really it really sucks. affected me because it's this was like basically five hours ago that I threw it out into a dumpster at uh the at the office and i'm i'm super careful with my with my electronics i mean i still have my box for my for my xbox so every time i transport it around i put it back in the box to keep it safe and sound even with my my podcast mic whenever i'm moving around like it's it's something super small and i could easily put in something else but i, I take good care of my electronics so i had the I mean, it's a 60 inch TV. So I had it above my head, lifting it into the, into the dumpster. And it took me a second to actually get the, uh, the confidence, just throw it in there. And it was, I almost started crying just cause it was, the, it was the saddest thing I'd had to do in a while. The emotional attachment to that TV is immaculate. Yeah. I ran into Jay in the Wendy's, Wendy's parking lot today and I almost broke down crying when I got the news. What was y'all's order? Jay, like Jay, what'd you get? Uh, yeah, spicy ten piece. You can't get wrong with that. Spicy ten piece, chocolate frosty, and uh, and a cookie. You can't get wrong with that. But uh, no drink. Nah, not with a frosty, man. I mean, maybe water. Makes my throat dry. Yeah, I can't. I can't eat a frosty with my meal. That's that's after the fact. Because I I need something like some kind of liquid that's not like sludge going down my throat. But are y'all like one of those freaks who dip the fries in the frosty? Yeah, of course. You kind of have to. I, I, that's not good. What? I prefer <laughs> ketchup. Mm. No, barbecue sauce. I uh, I got a barbecue bourbon or bacon bourbon burger, like their new, their new burger. So it had a the double cheeseburger with their bourbon barbecue sauce, bacon, and an absurd amount of onions, like fried onion straws on top. Oh, my goodness. Shoot, that's not Then scary. I ran into the issue where they didn't have any like the they didn't have any ketchup cups inside the inside the the Wendy's. So I just took a massive amount of napkins and just started pouring ketchup on top of the napkin. I felt like an absolute animal walking through the uh the dining room area. Hey look, <laughs> that that kind of reminds me uh Chick-fil-A is kind of due to bring back their um what's it what's it called the uh smokehouse barbecue bacon sandwich. Dude, it's been like years since they've had that. Like I think two and a half. It was so good though. Dude, their spicy grilled sandwich is even better. It is. I hope Shoot, it sticks I around. Totally no, it's already gone. It. It's already yeah, it gone. Is. I went back. Yeah, I went back in Alabama wow. last week on uh last Sunday or no, not Sunday, Saturday, and I went to go get it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's gone." I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" That was the best item on the menu, especially with that sauce. Mm. I'm yeah. getting hungry just thinking about it. I'll tell you what doesn't make me hungry. Another race at Dover. So do we only have one at Dover? Dover gave up a spot for Nashville, right? Yeah, so thank God. 
That was that was an atrocious race. It I was it was fun it. for a bit. It you couldn't pass. That was my that was my biggest deal with the race. Like the the racing, it was fun to watch just because Dover's an interesting track to to watch, even if it's a boring race. Just because the the cars are flying around, they're kind of. It's basically like we were talking about the group chat. It's a big Bristol, but mm-hmm. um, at the front, like so, Kyle Larson definitely had the best car all day, but. No one could pass him, so yeah, it's, we we'd assume that he has the best car. Chase Elliott got close, but he couldn't quite do it. Uh, and then Bowman had an unbelievably fast pit stop. That was remarkable time. I think it was like the so, fastest pit stop of the year in the Cup Series too, which is kind of one cool. in all time though, like for a four tire. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe not. I think it was just yeah. like twenty twenty one. They were doing eleven second stops when they were, uh, I think, six when they had the crew members. Yeah, yeah. They were. So they were it was it was fast. Though. That got him out front, and I'm I'm convinced that if if you're out front, after a lap or two, there's no way to pass him, which is my the biggest disappointing factor of Dover. Like it's a fun track to watch, but it's impossible to pass someone once they get out in the clean air. Like the dirty air is back. I thought we were done talking about it, but I guess not. Hey, his crew is all, his crew is also what put him in position to steal the win at Richmond too. That's I mean, true. the 48 crew you know, has yeah. been on it. Crew I'll like attribute easily. both of Bowman's wins to his pit crew. No, no skill whatsoever. <laughs> that just pit crew. crew. Is it's it is. I, if Junior could have had that pit crew, and his pit crew had some rough years. I think I don't know. Pit crew really matters, and I'm interested to see how it matters. Like with the next gen car, like it's obviously going to matter. We have one lug, but hitting one big target instead of five little ones on the tires, it's definitely going to reduce the time. But I don't know, are we going to see more even pit stops? Because I like, when you go to pit road, it's like a full team effort. Everybody's going out, you got to do strategy, you got this and that. But I I really hope it remains a factor. Because like Bowman Bowman did this weekend and also at Richmond, like his pit crew showed up, they did good, they won the race. Full team effort, not just for the driver. But we talked about it earlier, like Dover's one of my, I don't know why, it's just one of my favorite tracks. I like going there. I just I like how like how much of a beast it is. It's awesome. It's so unforgiving. So you see Eric Amarola, it sucks that he was hurt after the fact, but just wrecking by themselves. It's a tough track. You saw the next Finity race, cars got airborne and landed on top of each other. The track's just so unforgiving that it uh it just creates good racing. And tire fall off's crucial. Yeah, you can't pass, but that falls into the track being just so like too tough to tame if you want to do it. Use no, it things. is not too tough to tame. It's a hard track. Don't 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 say that. It's the Dover was run. my Dover was one of the there least favorite to run on uh, NASCAR heat. It was tough. China China. I thought it was fun though. China yeah. Back off turn two if you got it right, uh, if you got it right, was... if you hit it right at the right at the casino, and you got mm-hmm. that perfect corner exit, but otherwise it was tough. It was not my favorite. Especially if you get loose going down the backstretch and you oh, can't yeah. quite, you can't overcorrect because if you start hitting your your joystick, you're spinning out and then you get hit over and over again because there's just the cars are all over the track. It's like, Definitely. yes, this, yeah, it's been, yeah. This isn't Dover related, but we're talking about NASCAR heat. I always liked racing Iowa NASCAR heat because you had to run like the top in one and two, but you can't run the top in three and four because of how bumpy it was. So it was like just kind of added something different. And then Dover was Kansas fine. is my favorite track right now. Yeah, rip the fence. Yeah, I know y'all don't. I don't. I know y'all don't. Y'all don't play NASCAR Heat anymore, which is sad. But 
Um, I'm waiting for. I'm holding out for the new one to come out. Yeah, I just didn't want to get the last one because it was. I didn't really see it as that much better than the old game. Oh, it's fun. I have I have a good time playing it, along with Adam. Adam Adam's not too good at the game. That's why he switched to iRacing. I also, uh, when I got the new Xbox, all my old discs don't work anymore. So that's the downside. I get a lot digital of only. Can you? I was gonna say, could you like download digital? Nah, I mean, I used to always buy discs because I figure, why not, if it's the same price? So then if you want to sell it, you can get some money back. But it kind of makes it inconvenient, too. I mean, what are you going to get for the game? You take it to GameStop and they offer you $2 in-store credit and a used Band-Aid. Uh, I don't know. You probably sell it on eBay. Look, I've been into selling things on eBay recently. I've been, I've been, I've been selling, I sold a diecast today. It was uh, Chase Elliott. Um, 2018 one, which I just wasn't interested anymore because I'm have his uh, championship one coming, so I wanted to make some room for it, and I got good money for it. Um, it was I got I sold it for like fifty bucks. Dude, I back when NASCAR Heat Two came out, I got it, bought it at Walmart for like the I guess I'll say fifty dollars. Uh, played it once, was so upset with how it was because it was such a it was such a terrible game out of the box. Uh, you have to really get used to it and just kind of embrace the suck. Mm-hmm. But I took it to GameStop to try to get it traded in. They're like, well, we can give you $10 in store credit, $7 cash. I'm like, you guys suck. <laughs> I guess, I'll, I guess yeah. I'll play NASCAR Heat 2, and it's probably a good thing because then we met Josh. I don't yeah. know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but here we are. <laughs> what you see <laughs> is what you get. Right. Let's get back to Dover, though. Did y'all get a chance to watch the Xfinity race? No, I was uh Indeed Yeah, I was I was not I was not watching uh, I was not watching NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Well I think we can all agree that Josh Berry is a wheelman and if that dude doesn't go cup racing one day or just like full time Xfinity racing this year, it'd be a shame because that dude's got raw talent and if he can get sponsors, he's gonna be somebody to watch out for. Yeah. He needs to talk to somebody who can get sponsors, not Alex Bowman. Apparently if he, if he talks to he talks to Bubba Wallace. He might get some sponsors. I saw I saw that Marcus Lemonis was um, talking to Kelly Earnhardt about that. Um, he's, I mean, he's just been like sugar daddy and everybody with sponsorship. But, hey, if he wants to drop the money, why not? Yeah, and tire pros. I saw that tweet that was like, hey, like, let's get him in a ride full time. And uh, Dale Jr. ended up like tweeting like, yeah, we're working really hard doing this and that. And then he tagged. Uh, tire pros in the tweet so i don't know if that's a hint saying like hey we're working with tire pros to try to get this to happen or if he's trying to like push tire pros to hop on on yeah full time but i don't know should we, i, I should, hope he can get get a job or get a sponsor should, should we try to should we try to sponsor him i think we i checked the bank account yesterday and we're we only have like 10 million in the bank right now so we like, need to we need more people to buy more ratty energy, you know? That's true. Some Thanos seasoning? How about yeah, merch? Yeah, Thanos, too. Oh, we got merch coming. I got to figure out a good a good system for merch right now. Because I, I got the... I've got... If I was in Bama, it'd be perfect. But I'm not anymore. So I'm, I'm, we have, if anyone wants merch, they've got to rely on Adam Thomas. Uh, so don't and I get merch. Yeah, that's it's that's a tough that's a tough deal right there. But I'm still I'm looking at it. I, I'm starting to look at designing some shirts and 
you know, I'm wearing a behind the wall hat right now, which is pretty sweet, but yeah, I've, I've got to, I've got to spend some time and figure out the supply chain and how in the world to get it done just because I mean, we could, there's a way to do it, but you get really crappy t-shirts and they're kind of expensive. So I don't want to do that. I want good price, good quality. So hang tight on that someday. I mean, you Hats know the thing of true about merch though, uh, Mr. Capshaw clothing. I do, but that was that supply train was atrocious. So I don't. That's why I ended up saying screw that. So you designed t-shirts. Yeah, back in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. <laughs> what are some of these designs? Oh, dude, they're sweet. I had the state collection. So basically, mm-hmm. it was like the outline of the state and then the flag on the inside. They were so cool. Was it just a t-shirt with like Virginia with like an American flag? No, it was it was Virginia with a Virginia flag, oh. and on the front it had capsule clothing and a dog. It was so cool. <laughs> I need to see a picture. I saw of this. a shirt somewhere. Like the the shirts were apps. Like the designs were sweet, but you could really only get them on like the Gildan, which is like one ply toilet paper. It is freaking terrible, but it was cool having my name on a shirt. And you sold yeah. that, didn't you? Yeah, some dude, some chump in California bought all my bought the. Uh, about the designs and websites. I don't know what in the world he's doing that stuff now, but Godspeed to him. I mean, it's a hell of a deal for me. <laughs> I wasn't even, wasn't even paying attention to it at that point, and the dude just emailed me. So I was like, all right, that's cool. You care to uh, if you're list- like, like how much what? you make off that? Huh? Uh, 500. Not bad. Yeah, it was a good little, good little treat during freshman year of college. Yeah. Definitely absolutely. did not invest it whatsoever. It bought liquid. That's about it. But uh, okay. if, you, if you're listening, you want a hat, DM Adam Thomas and uh, deal with him because he's, he's close to our hat people. 25 bucks for a hat. And they're take some like Richardson. Yeah. I mean, if we can get enough people, send Adam over there and make him be the, the USPS guy for a couple months since he ain't got anything else to do besides iRace. So we had Bowman winning. We talked about him battling it out with Larson. But you look behind them, what was it? I think Chase Elliott third, William Byron fourth. It's the first time since 2005 with Roush Fenway Racing that four cars have finished one, two, three, four at the end of a Cup Series race, which is really impressive to see a team dominate that much. We've seen like Joe Gibbs Racing obviously one, one, run one, two, three, four throughout the race, but as dominant a day Hendrick Motorsports has, I don't think we're going to see a team performance like that this year, or at least in the near future because that was insane i mean we about saw it at talladega back in 2018 and uh yeah fall 2018 because Stuart haas was running one two three four the entire race and then uh of course he got broken up at the end with the, the interesting finishes which was one of the worst talladega finishes i've ever seen but i feel like it's definitely a lot easier at super speedway races just because you can train up and rock and roll but I mean, props to Hendrick Motorsports. That's that's tough to do at just about any track, especially Dover, where there's so many different variables that could go wrong. But that was that was one hell of a performance. Yeah, what was impressive was the fact that none of them had speeding penalties, none of them had tire issues, incidents, anything like that. And really, I felt like any one of the four cars could have won the race. It just depended on who got out first off pit road. I feel like Chase Elliott was really strong. He was, you know, when Larson was leading, he was right behind him. Byron led the race early. And Bowman just had the best pit crew. So, I mean, honestly, it would have been interesting to see maybe if 
one of the last pit stops. Maybe they one of them goes with two tires and tries to, you know, see if they can hold out on there. But, I mean, just, like, really impressive. Like, just fleece to the field. It was crazy. I really and, uh, thought – oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, you mentioned uh, pit strategy, and I totally forgot about it. I thought on that last uh, that last restart when who came down, Logano, Hamlin, a bunch of people came down, and then Logano ended up pitting again later in the run and came back to finish fourth, I think it was. I thought yeah. Denny Hamlin was going to fly through the field. Uh-huh. But yeah. Logano did. But uh, Yeah, I thought Hamlin would be up there for Matt, sure. tires didn't make much of a difference, which was really surprising. I mean – I mean, I get it, Dover concrete track, it doesn't have a lot of tire wear, but uh, I thought it would make more of a difference, but, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I just think they were untouchable, all four of them, I mean, even Kevin Harvick couldn't, didn't have anything for him, Denny Hamlin, Truex, they all, the, the three guys who I thought would be the best uh, performers were nowhere to be seen, really, for the most part. Yeah, I think they led all but 18, Ooh, voice crack. Uh, that was that was great right <laughs> all there. All but eighteen laps of the race. It what? So that'd be like three eighty two out of four hundred laps led by Hendrick Motorsports, and the last one hundred twenty of it, they all ran one two three four. I was fired up at the beginning of the race because uh, my DraftKings lineup was spectacular for the first thirty laps, and then I kind of fell back a little bit, and then. Uh, everyone got really crappy on me, but that was the first time in those big lobbies I've ever actually been in the lead, which was a thrill. So I was up uh, for the four, $4 entry. First place was getting uh, $1,600. I'm going to talk about a th- absolute thrill. Phew. And then I, I ended up, I don't think I won anything. Well, were you in the uh, $4 chrome horn one? Yeah. I finished 31,765th. So you had um, to do better than that. Half of my drivers like wrecked. Hey, I was, uh, I was, uh, okay. So this put to put this in perspective on how disappointing it was. I was first for about 30, 32 laps. And I finished 21,000th, 842nd. Yikes. And I do want to say the one time I'm high on Ross, Ross Chastain is the week that he just sucks. I, that's, I'm not going to put him in a DraftKings lineup, but I can't use him for a dark horse. Like, he upset me. I yeah, said he was going to finish top 10. No, he, no, he did great this week. He didn't weekend. finish top 10, though. He was top 15. We're expecting top 10s. He was running in the top 10 for a little bit. But yeah, you know what? Yeah, another. That was just when everything was jumbled up. Was, Some cars yeah, had good days, though. Uh, Reddick, top 10. Um, Daniel Suarez, top 10. Cole Custer, top 10. Yeah, I got screwed. I so I I had my good lineup and I played around with the second one because my whenever I enter multiple contests, I always uh, end up picking the same drivers just because it's tough to to deviate from my original idea of who's going to be good that week. But so the the one where I was in first was my good lineup. <laughs> my other my other one I finished uh, three hundred or I'm sorry, uh, thirty third thousand, basically thirty four thousand. That's a Out of thirty five thousand, I Jeez. I had a hundred hundred ten points. I think last week I literally almost finished dead last because there was like thirty seven thousand people entered and I I was in like thirty seven thousand something. 
So I don't know how close I was to dead last, but I came close to it. Halfway through the race, I only had 80 points. I had uh, I had Denny Hamlin. He, he, that one went bad. It went amazing. Kyle Busch, which, gross. Uh, Christopher Bell, who sucked. Mm-hmm. The Benedetto didn't do very well. Reddick was the highest scorer, and then I had Alfredo. But I, I hedged my bets if you had Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Bell and to Benedetta, that'd be a really good lineup. But no. I thought Bell was going to be way better, but he was just terrible. I think he was running t- mid-20s all race. Yeah, Alfredo scored more points than Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, and uh, De Benedetto. And he wrecked. Yeah, my my DraftKings lineup, I was like most confident coming into this as I have been. I had Truex, Hamlin, Kurt Busch, Chastain, Briscoe, and then Corey LaJoy talked this week about like how good he thinks his car can be. Then he goes and finished 26. Like I like picking him because it's like you're not going to lose points because he's a mid-pack car, but you're not going to gain a lot of points, so it's usually a good cheap pick. But I thought this week he'd like go and do something. So Chastain was he was he was oh he was solid this week. Yeah, at times he's, he's was, picking it up. Yeah, Kurt Busch was in the top five at one point, and I was kind of pumped about that. Because yeah, I was like, he, oh, dang, he's he going to give me some points. And then he dropped like a rock. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think it's finally coming around. He's had a really rough first part of the season, or I guess the first half, because we're halfway done now, or with the regular season. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's starting to come around. He usually, in years past, I've noticed that he doesn't start out very hot. But as time goes on, he starts to pick up. And I think that's what's going on with Chastain now, because both Ganassi cars were – they were atrocious at the beginning of the season. They've 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 seemed to pick it up since then. Yeah, I feel like Kurt Busch was the opposite. He started out really strong, and he's had some just some bad luck recently. He's had awful luck. Yeah, really. he had a good run this for most of the race. He was running pretty well. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's the same deal with Larson. I mean, dominate can't close. So yeah. I wouldn't say Kurt Busch dominated, but he he had a good run. He just couldn't close it, but. I, I, I was assuming that he'd have momentum from the end of last season because he was crushing in the playoffs. It was, that was like some of the best racing I've seen from Kurt Busch in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember him and Austin Dillon came out of like last year's playoffs and they were killing it for those first couple of weeks. And I think you had, Henry, you had Kurt Busch going into Final Four, which I thought was just insane. But it got close to it. I was like, dang, Kurt Busch might make the final four. And then Austin Dillon was doing good. I was like, dang, he might be a sleeper to make the final four and go steal a championship. Yeah. The, the Kurt Busch in my final four was an absolute mistake. Cause I was not paying attention when I was filling it out. And I realized that, that as soon as, yeah, as soon as Josh had posted on our Twitter, I was like, Josh, I didn't mean to have, I, I meant to have, uh, whoever, uh, like, Keselowski in the final four switch him out he's like I already posted it you're stuck I'm like crap and then as time went on I'm like man I might look like a genius if I've got Kurt Busch in my final four that's why I really hey, started rooting for him just because I wanted to upset everyone that really would have been awesome if uh if he did if he did I'd like to see one of the older guys get a championship I think it'd be cool. What was it? The first year that they had the playoffs, Ryan Newman was in the 31 for RCR, and like Newman almost won that championship instead of Harvick. Yeah. It, that would have been wild if we'd be saying Newman's a champion, and that would leave Harvick with no championships and as good a career as he pa- he's had. Like, 
he's up there with Denny Hamlin. If he didn't win that, like he'd be one of the best to never win a championship. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. I think Denny Hamlin's definitely overdue for one. I'd say at this point in the season, uh, Denny Hamlin and Larson, I'd say, are the front runners for the championship. What about William Byron due to his consistency? He's got like he, what eleven straight. He's top consistent, tens? but I think he's he's got to find a way to point his way in. What do you mean? He's got to win. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about like in the later rounds. Yeah. Because looking at know. the final, it's uh, what are, what are the three races? Uh, Martinsville, Martinsville. I don't know. Uh, give me like two seconds. Kansas. Kansas. I don't know. They like keep switching it around every year. Yeah, it, Texas? it used to be Texas. No, it's Here. not Texas. I'm looking at it now. Texas, Kansas, Martinsville. Oh, it is Texas. Texas has okay. one race. Their other race turned into the All Star race. Yeah. Okay. Or the, but, their other race went to Coda. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, where did uh where did Byron Byron wanted uh Hempstead. Las Vegas right? Oh, Byron Hempstead. Larson won at uh, Las Vegas, but okay. think he got a win that early in the season with Rudy Fugel coming in, his old truck crew chief going and winning a race that early. Eleven straight top tens. You got to think at some point in the season they're gonna find victory lane again, especially once him and Rudy start like really kicking. I think so too. But just looking at the the final three races because you basically you've got to you've got to win them or at least one of them to really get your way in because that's what happened with Chase Elliott this past year and he's good at Martinsville I don't know if I can't even think if if Byron's good at Martinsville he almost yeah, won yeah. there in fall 2019 him and Truex yeah. uh, it came down to the last couple corners okay it's been solid oh, yeah, so it's, I think if if Byron wants to find his way to the final four, he's gonna have to have a, like a heroic Chase Elliott type win at one of the tracks. But he, first of all, he's got to make it to the final four or the the elite eight or whatever the last eight or whatever they call it. That's that's March Madness. But you've got to <laughs> you've got to find your way there. And with how he's running right now, I I could definitely see him in the last eight. Yeah. But the question is, can you can you make it to the final four? Well, looking I know. at standings right now, he's second in standings. Obviously, everybody's geez, Denny Hamlin has a hundred and one point lead over William Byron in second. But mm-hmm. I mean, all my power rankings, I think William Byron is the hottest driver in the Cup Series right now. I've had him at one the past couple weeks. I'm really surprised any of y'all haven't said anything. Like Denny's good and he's very consistent, but so is Byron. And I don't know. I think at some point Byron's just going to kick it into a different gear and he's going to have like a stretch of three or four races where he's within the top five and just battling for wins and he's going to win one of them. Yeah, Byron, I mean, he's he's shown he's shown he's shown to be pretty impressive at road courses too. So I mean, Coda coming up and as well as the other ones, what is it, Road America? Um, we got the Indianapolis road course. So I mean, he he could get some wins there. We got Sonoma, we got Watkins Glen. Um, he's been strong there before. He's a good plate racer. Um, you know, I, I agree with you, Josh. I think Byron has been really, I won't say quiet, but he's just been like, you know, just putting together these, these really good runs. I think Rudy Fugel bringing him back was definitely the secret ingredient he needed. Not that Chad Knauss was a bad crew chief, but um, just they have so much chemistry and so much history that, it was really the last piece they needed. And talking about Chad Canales, I think, you know, I heard a talk on the broadcast. Um, Hendrick Motorsports has just been really 
really good this year. And I honestly have to think Chad Kanaz taking this new role as, I think, what is it, the director of competition or something like that? I think guys are really having an impact on their performance this year. Um, across the board, I'd say, honestly, it surprised me to say this. I won't, I won't, I won't call him a lame duck, but the least performing team on that organization is the nine car. But even still, he's been solid. He's seventh in the standings. He's had a couple stage wins. He's been hunting for a win, just hasn't gotten it yet. Um, but they've really been impressive to me. Yeah, looking at the last four races of the season. Sorry, Henry. You got Watkins Glen, Indianapolis Road Course, Michigan, and Daytona. Last year, he won Daytona. As you said, Jay, he's good on road courses. That last four races of the year, I bet you I think he'll win one of the road courses. I don't – and then he could, he still has the capability to run good at Michigan, but he's just, he's been really good at road courses. But if, if Chase Elliott continues to race how he is, he's a top ten car. He's not a race winning car every week. I feel like if Chase Elliott can't excel on the road courses, I think William Byron or Truex is going to battle it out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean Truex, I think Truex is probably the best the best uh, team in and Joe Gibbs racing right now. And it's kind of a toss up between him and Hamlin, but I think he's been better at closing at really sealing the deal than better than Hamlin has. And I, I want to give credit to the 11 team because they've been knocking it out of the park. I mean, they've been ultra consistent, but um, I mean, I think as far as just, you know, overall point overall wins and stuff like that, that the 19 seems to have it figured out. They've won at, Phoenix, they've won at Martinsville, and they've won at Darlington, which are three very different types of tracks, uh, which is very good to see from them. And, you know, looking at the other teams, like Stuart Haas Racing, the falloff for them has been insane. Because two mm-hmm. years ago, they were they were dominant. They were really dominant. And all of a sudden, you know, two of their – it almost makes me wonder if, like, pushing out the guys like Kurt Busch and pushing out Clint Boyer maybe prematurely is really – you know, taking a toll on their team because not to say these young guys like Briscoe and Custer are bad drivers, but they're having growing pains right now. And really Kevin Harvick is kind of carrying that organization, but even so he's still not the old Kevin Harvick we're used to seeing. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you there. And looking back at the, uh, the, the team previews before the season, Josh and I went through all the different organizations and, I believe both of us for Hendrick and Joe Gibbs had Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin won in in the standings for their their organization, and it's really surprising to me that we're what eleven races into the eleven twelve end of the season, and mm-hmm. neither of them have a win. Granted that they're they're not driving terrible. They're still. I mean, I'd still say they're they're having a great year so far, but. The, the drivers we thought were going to be at the top of the organization are the only ones who haven't gotten a win in the respective organization, which is crazy. I mean, we had talked about it during the preview, and I've, I've mentioned multiple, multiple times before that Bowman was on the hot seat this season, but he's easily taken himself off the hot seat. So it's going to be interesting as we get to silly season because I don't know if Keselowski is going to stay in the two next year. So where does Keselowski go? Because I was thinking Keselowski takes over for Bowman. But that's not that's not going to happen anymore. And obviously, they're not going to get rid of Larson. They're not not going to get rid of Byron. Definitely not going to get rid of Elliott. So 
this is this is going to get really interesting as the season goes on if Penske doesn't elect to re-sign Keselowski. Yeah, I'm really interested in looking at our like previews here in a couple weeks or maybe towards like the end of the season, and I definitely want to sit down and get all of us to hop on and uh, create just kind of like a response to like look how we did in the previews and see how it's changed since the start because we yeah back to what you said like we started at the top of the year in the chase elliott or hendrick motorsports preview saying chase elliott's a top car at hendrick right now if you're putting them ranking wise based on wins and stuff you'd put chase at the bottom hamlin i think would still be second behind truex but he's nowhere near as dominant as we thought we thought he'd be compared to how we ran last year so it's just it's wild to say like Christopher Bell has a win before Denny Hamlin does. I often forget about that race. Just, I don't know why. It's just nothing really memorable from it happened, but it's still a victory for Christopher Bell, so it's kind of cool to see. But I, I really want to see, like, do the math and look at how Denny Hamlin's, how he, yeah, how truly he's been dominant and, like, look at past years and see how many points people have uh, combined to see if, like, this year he's just more dominant than everybody else because it feels like that. It feels like he's doing something that not many people do. A 100-point lead through this many races in a season and with this new points format because we changed from a couple years ago, it's insane to just be this much better than everybody else. Oh, yeah. I have to agree. And if you told me that Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott by this point in the season, would neither would both not have and Kevin Harvick wouldn't each not have a win? I would tell you you're crazy. Uh, absolutely straight up, I probably would have put money on it. Yeah, I would have, but I mean, I, we we knew it right at the beginning of the season when we uh, I mentioned the stat line. If you would have put hundred bucks on the first three winners of the season, it would have been like what like seventeen million dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one of the seasons where expect the un. Uh, the uh what's what's the word expect the unexpected yeah i don't know why i want to say ordinary uh you you don't want to expect that but expect the unexpected best season ever nascar's been preaching it and they're they're right it's it's a wild season so far we got a brand new track up coming up this weekend circuit of the americas in texas the longest course of the year i'm fired up for it we get practice and qualifying back this weekend as well what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, quick thoughts, and we'll jump into Rowdy Takes and Dark Horses. So give us a single thought about what you're looking forward to this weekend and or just an overall thought about Coda, and then jump into your picks. All right, I think turn one is going to be really interesting to watch because it's very exciting to watch in F1. You're going uphill, you turn, and then you essentially go downhill. It's a really fun corner to watch for, fun watching a Formula One, but seeing the transition of stock cars on this track will be interesting because it's not a stock car. Uh, it's not a stock car road course. Not many road courses are, but I don't know. We could see a really good show, but I think, I don't know. It's just not a stock car road course, and it's going to produce a weird form of racing, and I don't think it's going to be too great, but NASCAR's experimenting. I'm all for it. Let's uh. Let's see what it does. If it puts on a show, that could uh, could make me wrong. But I'm going to say I think Denny Hamlin's finally going to get it done. He uh, 
Ran pretty good early in the season at the Daytona Road Course, the only road course thus far. So I think he's going to run pretty good at Coda. And then Rowdy takes... I'm going to go back to turn one, and I think on one of the restarts, we're going to pile into turn one. It's going to be a Tums Heartburn turn type incident just because of how hard that corner is and how much of a breaking zone and how wide you can go. And so I think there's going to be a big pileup in turn one sometime in the race. In Dark Horse, I'm going to go... Jeez, I have no idea. Maybe... I feel like I go with them pretty often, but like... Maybe Tyler Reddick or Austin. I'll go Austin Dillon. Uh, I think Austin. No. I think Austin Dillon's gonna do a pretty good job. <laughs> Dang it. Speaking of Austin Dillon, he had a sweet paint scheme last weekend. But uh. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, I think he can get it done. He'll he'll do pretty good. RCR does pretty well at the uh, road courses. Yeah, I don't know much about uh, the track itself, but um, one thing I'll have to look I'll have to look into seeing like you like you said, Henry, it's the longest track. Um, seeing if. NASCAR can get away with doing local cautions instead of ca- instead of calling a full course caution and adding a ton of painstaking caution laps. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, make that work out for them. Um, I think I think a dark horse this week is, you know, whether you want to call him a dark horse or not, I think he's kind of borderline. Um, but Kurt Busch, he's been having a lot of bad luck recently i feel like you could really turn things around he was he was pretty impressive at the daytona road course and uh you know he's a good road racer solid road racer so i think he could definitely turn things around and easily score a top five um especially being a veteran um compared to young even though nobody's really had experience racing a stock car here uh that veteran experience could really come in handy and as far as a rowdy take you know I don't, it's, it's tough. I think I was going to go with, I was going to go with something like what Josh was going to say, but you know, I, I mentioned before and I don't know, I think I said it last week and it didn't air. So I'm going to re-say it again. I don't think Denny Hamlin gets a win until Pocono. I think he's just, it's just going to be, it's going to take a while. It's going to be hard for him to seal the deal. And um, that's what I'm going to go with. All right, my dark horse for this weekend, I was going to say Austin Dillon, but I guess I'll, I'll take the second or the leftovers from Josh's pick. We'll go Tyler Reddick this weekend. He always seems to be good at road courses. Uh, however, I don't think he's going to win. I think it's going to be Chase Elliott taking it home this weekend. He's he's one of the few drivers who's gotten the opportunity to test in the cup car at uh, at Circuit of the Americas, so I think he's he's already he already knows what's going on. Uh so I think he's going to turn his winless streak around this weekend. So Chase Elliott's getting the win, but that's not my rowdy take because that's that's a that's an Adam Thomas rowdy take right there. Uh, rowdy take that I'm going to say that Michael McDowell is going to be in contention for his second win of the season. When everything is said and done, he's going to be top five, and he might find a way to do it. How about that for a rowdy take? That's a rowdy one. A little rowdy. You can put some just money a on bit, it. A little, a little rowdy. Uh, yeah, tune into uh, he's gonna be Chase Elliott's. I mean, not Chase Elliott. Mike McDowell is gonna be my uh, high odds this week. So that's on the behind the wagers. So make sure you tune into that. But we got Circuit of the Americas this weekend, 2:30 p.m. FS1 Sunday, May 23rd. 
get ready. I'm fired up. I've never actually seen a race at Circuit of the Americas, so it's going to be all new to me, but I'm fired up. You should be too. But thanks for tuning in this week. On behalf of Josh Slate, Jay Young, I'm Henry Hobbs. We'll see you soon.